Hello, and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Holler at your girl. This is a show where, on each episode, Ashley and I, we talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, and then we break it down, whether we thought it was good or bad, and whether or not it would make for a good date movie. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which is a new comedy starring Nicolas Cage. And speaking of knee slap and hilarity, we got to tell people to check out our comedy feature, Tiny Dancers, which is streaming right now on Prime Video. Hashtag not for the kitties. So today we're talking about the unbearable weight of massive talent. And boy, oh boy, tell me about it, right? You and I feel it every day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially myself. It's crushing me yeah. every day, that that weight. I mean, duh. No, this is a, a comedy starring Nicolas Cage as Nick Cage, a kind of a fictional, exaggerated version of himself. This is definitely a meta comedy where yeah. the movie spends a lot of time referencing and kind of gently poking fun of Nicolas Cage's eclectic career. And yeah. what a career it's been. This guy, he's done drama, he's done comedy, he's won an Oscar, he's been an action hero, he's been a romantic lead. Do you have a favorite Nicolas Cage movie or performance? Oh, y'all are la- going to laugh at me. I know what you're going to say. National Treasure, one and two. <laughs> My favorite. Mm. I watch them probably three times a year <laughs> each. You watch them what? How many times? Three times a year each. <sighs> Why? Because I love mystery. I love puzzles. I love <laughs> I love history. I love American history, and I just love it. Uh, so, to, so to you, they're they're good. Those are good adventure movies. Oh yeah, and you can probably watch them on TBS any Saturday. Um, yeah, those, those are movies he's made. I love them. You you can't you can't <laughs> steer steer me away from these movies. Do you, do you have a second favorite? National Treasure 2. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. um, I, I, I mean, I think you want me to say like face off or you want me to say Con Air. Well, no, I mean, I just know? speak your truth. Be, just be honest. It's National Treasure. <laughs> I guess my third would be Con Air because I like Con Air. Con Air is a good time. Yeah. I mean, you need to be a little drunk. Of course. For Con Air. Yeah. You can be stone sober for face off and it'll still blow you. But Con Air has got Steve Buscemi. As a... Uh, yeah. A sex offender. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. There's some troubling aspects I of that mean, movie. It, there, there is definitely troubling aspects to it. I mean, Danny Trejo's character and that. Yeah. Oh. So um, for me, I, it's Face Off. We did an episode on Face Off. We did Face Off. But the guy, I mean, that's just my personal favorite. You know, I, I saw it in theaters 25 years ago. It blew my mind. As, did he win the Oscar for that? For Face Off? <laughs> No, uh, he won an Oscar for Leaving Las Vegas, which is a great performance. Okay. And I'm going to just give a shout out to some other favorites of mine that he's made. Movies like Adaptation, Bringing Out the Dead, The Weatherman, Raising Arizona, Wild at Heart, Matchstick Men. To me, those are all among my favorite movies. And he's doing great work in them. And sometimes it's a little quirky and over the top. And sometimes it's understated. Yeah. So it, I think nowadays he's known for going over the top. You know, movies like The Wicker Man, where he's getting oh, like God. bees, bees oh, poured yeah. down. Oh, oh. He's stuff like that. It's, you made it's become me a, watch that movie. I can't believe you made me watch that movie. That was horrible. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why would you do this to me? There's a scene where like he punches a lady in the yeah. face, like off a bike. Yeah. Why would you <laughs> subject me to this horrible movie? Because it's hilarious, and because but it's it's a horror film. <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to be hilarious. It has to be. Some movies have to be seen to be believed. <laughs> And Nicolas Cage gives those kind of performances that just, they have to be seen to be believed. So yeah, you know, the, the last decade or so in the man's career, he's done a lot of movies, a whole lot of movies he's, he's done a lot. I, I of haven't mo- seen or heard of. He's done a lot of movies to pay off his massive tax debt. That could be true. Uh, that That's what he said. So at uh, the beginning of this film, Nicolas Cage, he's fallen on some hard times. He makes fun of himself, which was I. I love this movie for it. Yeah, he he does that. I mean, they don't get like too savage with it. No, they don't get sad. I mean, come on. If it was savage, he probably would have done it. Well, because like like you I know. mentioned, uh, you know, the last ten years haven't been like the best for him. They don't really get into like his Ghost Rider movies. <laughs> I mean, oh, I forgot about those. The man has made some Ooh. not high quality pictures, <laughs> unfortunately. So, yeah, so at the beginning of this film, Nicolas Cage, he's fallen on some hard times. And in an early scene, he's kind of lobbying to get cast in this David Gordon Green movie. And we've got David Gordon Green doing a cameo here. And there's a scene where he does like an impromptu monologue in a parking lot. It's kind of embarrassing. That's <laughs> oh hilarious. And these are like all like the, the opening scenes. I would say like the opening scenes are probably the funniest. And he just, he really wants this role. He feels like it could revitalize his career. He really feels like it would just be the huge boost that he needs. Yeah. And his agent is lobbying for it. But um, yeah, he's Doogie Hauser, Played by Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. yeah. And um, see, Nicholas Cage, he's, he's kind of in this desperate place. And he's alienated his wife and kid. Because all he ever talks about is his career. I, I think it's not necessarily just his career. I think he's just self-absorbed. Like, he, if he's not center of attention, he goes and plays the piano. It's just, well, and they're they're tired of hearing him talk about his career. Oh, yeah, because it's probably all negative at this point. Well, and we find out early he has conversations with an imaginary younger version of himself. This is like Nicolas Cage around like Wild at Heart era. And this cage is like just coked out. Like oh, this, is, this is the best kind of cage. <laughs> Man. And we're doing like some digital de-aging. Yeah. But it's fun. That's one of the more fun aspects, the, this imaginary cage that he has conversations There's with. There's one scene where he kisses himself. Yeah. They make out with it's each a, other. It's a, it's, it's a bit of a make out. Uh, it's a weird movie. Yeah. So he ends up not getting cast in this movie. They, they end up going in another direction. And there's a scene shortly thereafter where he announces his retirement. Um, Only to his agent. Like he's, he's leaving it on his agent's voicemail. Yeah. And it's kind of a funny scene. He's like, I think he's drunk. Yeah. He's just kind of like just rambling. He's like, you know, I hope my contribution to the art of storytelling meant something. <laughs> it's just it's like, it's really, oh my God. Like, yeah, just long winded and ridiculous. And so Nicolas Cage. It, yeah. And he's, <laughs> again, yeah, again, he's great in these early scenes. And these early scenes are really, really funny, uh, I thought. And so Neil Patrick Harris, he's kind of sensing how desperate his client is. And so he presents him with this million dollar offer to make an appearance at a billionaire's birthday party in Spain. Yeah. And this billionaire, he's uh, apparently a super fan of Nicolas Cage. And so he's willing to pay a million bucks just to have Nicolas Cage show up at his birthday party. Uh, So Cage, he agrees. And when he arrives, he meets Javi, who's played by Pedro Pascal. And Javi 
turns out to be the billionaire super fan who hired Cage to be there. I love Javi's character. Yeah. Pedro Pascal is great in this. And their whole bromance, which is kind of the center of this film. It's awesome. Is great. <laughs> it's It surprisingly pays off really well. They have such good chemistry. That in, helps as well. In yeah. this film. I mean, they're both amazing. They are. And there's just a lot of funny, ridiculous <laughs> scenes. timing between the two of them, just top notch. We get a bunch of scenes of them bonding over movies, which includes Paddington too. Oh my God. That's a, that's a, that's that's, a thing in this movie. Well, that's a thing on film yeah. Twitter. That's film Twitter's favorite movie, Paddington 2. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't think I've ever seen Paddington. I don't even think I've seen Paddington 1. <laughs> Um, Javi, Javi does a screening for Nicolas Cage of Paddington 2 because Nicolas Cage has ever seen it. He's like, really? That's your third favorite movie? And Nicolas Cage doesn't believe him. He's like, bullshit. Yeah. And then he screens it for him and like Nicolas Cage is weeping by the end of it. Oh, yeah. They're both weeping. So a lot of good stuff here for fans of Paddington 2, for sure. Uh, I mean, a lot of good stuff here for, you know, Nicolas Cage. I mean, you well, know. Well, sure. Definitely be, definitely for fans of Face Off because yeah. there's like a wax statue. Of him with his gold with guns. With the actual gold <laughs> guns. That will come into play later. They end up getting used in the film. And so that is great. And so, yeah, these guys are just, they're broing out. And it turns out Javi, he has a screenplay that he wants Nicolas Cage to read. Yep. And around this time, Nicolas Cage, he gets kind of intercepted by a pair of CIA agents who are played by Tiffany Haddish and Ike Ehrenholtz. And they believe Javi is a, a drug kingpin. Yeah, they they believe he is the high up. He's the and that he's involved with kidnapping, kidnapping the girl that you you see in the first in the first scene of the movie. And they want Cage's help and bringing this guy down is kind of the setup here. Yeah, they think Cage can kind of infiltrate this guy's good graces and then i don't know like set him up for a, a kill shot well no to tr- get him evidence to i mean he's wearing a wire there's one scene where like he has like poison on his hand right oh, yeah, and then was... he just like he numbs himself <laughs> that was fun <laughs> so is the cia asking him to kill javi just straight no, up but without yet. poison not yet but what about the poison the poison was for the guards so they're asking him to kill guards? Would the CIA the, the ask po- like the, a civilian? The poison didn't kill. It just paralyzed. So yes, that agent was supposed to, you know, kill somebody, but it's supposed to paralyze you first, give you time to inject them with I guess I'm just the fuzzy. antidote. I'm just fuzzy on what the CIA's plan was. They wanted mm-hmm. Javi to talk about where the girl was. So and they then they could move in. It. Yeah. Okay. That that was the whole point. And so by this point, Cage and Javi have kind of become BFFs. Yeah. So it puts Cage in a difficult spot. And Nicholas Cage, he tells Javi that he wants to stay with him longer. Well, they, they're under gonna, the pretense that they're going to write a movie yeah, together. The script that Javi originally wrote. I mean, we don't even know what that's about. We don't even know what it's about, but they're going to rewrite it. Right. From the ground up. Because they bond over movies. They have similar tastes. Absolutely. Cage really respects his taste. Well, and Cage <laughs> needs him to, you know, there, unload his secrets. Yeah. But I guess without going further into spoilers, uh, overall, what were your impressions of the film? Oh, God. This was hilarious. This is a must-see. I think it was great. It was so you good, loved it. 
Yeah, it was such a good film. It was one of the best films Nicolas Cage has put out in 10 years. It's well for sure. Yeah, it's um And it's a parody on himself, which I appreciate because a lot of actors take themselves too seriously and you know, Nicolas Cage is aware. He he has a sense of awareness for sure and he knows that elements of his performances have kind of become internet memes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think he's he's aware. He's not oblivious and he he's playing into it. He's playing into it. And that's what people should do. I guess I wish the movie played into it more a little bit more my my only real issue with the film is that some stretches are really funny and some stretches aren't so funny well the, it mixes comedy and then it mixes the serious you know action well you have you have the whole cia kidnapping drug dealer plot yeah and yeah I, the movie is not as successful in milking those scenes for laughs as it is with just the Nicolas Cage elements, like the meta Nicolas Cage elements. Yeah. That stuff, it's it's really good at milking it. And that's in large well, part because Nicolas Cage, he's a producer. He's totally in on it. He's going for it. And when it's focusing on the the bromance yeah. with Cage and Pedro Pascal, it's it's firing on all cylinders. It's and, just the, the plotty element like with- the bromance between him and himself. And, and I- with, young, with younger Nicky well, Cage. yeah. I mean, yeah. that- was hilarious to me. Yeah, that's the best stuff in the film. But there's a lot of stuff in the film, and that's kind of like younger just one... Nicolas Cage is saying the wrong shit. Yeah, like he is just saying the like we we need to be a movie star. We need to do this. We need to do that. Like, don't do an independent film. Don't do this. Don't do that. It's just kind of like this movie with Nicolas Cage. He needed to do a good independent film to get back into the game. Well, he did a good movie last year, kind of low-budget indie movie called Pig, but he's really good in it. And even amidst all this straight-to-video stuff, there's a couple of gems in there, you know? Like, he he's still doing good work, just on a lower scale. Well, I think it's who he his director is, who's like... Yeah, it depends on the director and the script, of course. I think a couple of films, probably my favorite national treasure, he did for the paycheck. I'm sure there's a number of films. Crudes he did for the paycheck, even though it was good. I mean, Crudes is among his best movies yeah. of the past decade. No, I get it. Um, why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, we'll get okay. into spoilers for the unbearable weight of massive talent. All right, we're back, and we're going to get into some spoilers for the unbearable weight of massive talent. And so one major twist is that Javi isn't a drug dealer. He's he just like the face of the cartel. And that's like kind of against his will, right? Against his will. But I mean, I think he was just, he wanted the perks and not the knowledge of what was happening. The actual drug dealer turns yeah. out to be Javi's cousin, Lucas. Yep. That's who the CIA is really after, but- They be- get it wrong. But because Javi is like the face of the company, like you say, they're targeting Javi. And so Javi's cousin convinces Javi- that Nicolas Cage is working with the CIA, and as such, he needs to be taken out. And Javi needs to do it because he's closest to him. And so this kind of sets up a comic misunderstanding where the two of them are convinced that they need to kill one another, even yeah. though they don't want to. Yeah. And so that kind of takes up like the last act of this film. So there's kind of a funny scene where they drop acid 
And there's this extended bit where they're both trying to get over a wall and they're both just like tripping balls on acid. And the wall is like maybe like six feet high. You see it in the previews because this is one of the big scenes in the previews. And yeah, and it turns out they can just walk around it and they make like a big dramatic scene over it. But um, another twist is that the CIA agents are murdered. Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barinholtz, they get taken out. Yes, they do. But we don't see it happen. I feel like we should have seen that happen. I mean, they're established as important characters, and then their deaths are just whatever. But I guess that doesn't really jive with the comedy. So towards the end, there's a scene where Nicolas Cage, he, he puts on like this prosthetic yeah. costume. He pretends and what is to he be, trying to do? He pretends to be another like drug lord from Italy. Um, He's doing a bad Italian accent. A bad Italian accent. <laughs> bad prosthetics. And they believe him. And he walks in to this big compound where the where the girls are are there because ultimately Lewis, the bad guy, kidnaps Nicolas Cage's real daughter. I mean, the family flies in because Javi flies the family in before all hell breaks loose. We're raising the stakes. Raising the stakes. I mean, I don't know if we need to have this whole Nicolas Cage's kid getting kidnapped aspect. Do we? It just it raises the stakes. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever he's yeah he's got to get his daughter back and that's why he's, he's wearing this costume yeah we get a scene where javi he kind of whips out the two golden guns yeah. and like he squares off against his cousin so the cousin gets shot and then we kind of transition to a premiere with nicholas cage and javi sitting in the theater and it's an adaptation of the events we just witnessed yeah and so, yeah, they made their movie, and it was just based on their wacky adventures in Spain. And Demi Moore kind of does a cameo as Nicolas Cage's wife. wife. Yeah. And lo and behold, guess what? It's a success. And we get a, a fun scene. He's reunited with his w- real wife. Yeah. Quote, unquote, real wife and daughter. And they're just, they're, they're hanging out watching Paddington 2. <laughs> watching Paddington 2. And that's, yeah, and then we do, you know, crane up, fade out. So, Patrick, what did you think of the movie? I think it's it's a lot of fun. Like I said, it's an odd duck the way all these disparate elements are kind of pieced together. The meta comedy, you know, Hollywood satire, the CIA drug kingpin kidnapping angle, and then you have like the bromance at the center. These are all elements that don't always gel together, but by the end of the film, I, I was satisfied and it reaches a satisfying conclusion. And it's, you know, it's not as consistently knee-slapping hilarious as nah. I would want. I mean, if you want a nonstop knee-slapping comedy, you watch Tiny Dancers, which is streaming on Prime Video. <laughs> nice plug there. But this movie has scenes that are really funny. And then it has scenes that aren't that funny where we're, we're paying off these, you know, this plot threads. Yeah. But anyone who's a Nicolas Cage fan absolutely should see this. I agree. I mean, how would you rate it? I would give it a B plus. I would give it an A. Sure. I was a big fan. I was a big fan of this movie. I really liked it. I stopped short of loving it. Yeah. But it's funny. um, And some of like the opening scenes, which were really funny, you like look to me and you're like, I'm going to love this movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, it was great. I am glad you convinced me to go see it. Yeah, of course. So is this uh, a good date movie? I think it's a great date movie. 
I think you and your date, as long as you have some familiarity with Nicolas Cage and his movies, especially his 90s movies. Well, and his quirky behavior, just in general, if you and you'll your date, get a kick out of this. Yeah. As long as you and your date are just even passing fans of Nicolas Cage, it's worth seeing. Absolutely. 100% agree. And so I guess that's it. That is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, directed by Tom Gormican. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash movie date night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can rate and review. Don't forget to check out our feature film, Tiny Dancers, which is streaming right now on Prime Video. We're on Twitter at DNMoviePodcast, and you can also email us at DateNightMoviePodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. Hey. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>